Hi, and welcome to Let's Spirit Lead. I'm Cissy Williams, and in this interview, you'll meet the amazing Alana Fairchild. She's a master in creating wonderful oracle decks, such as the Kali Oracle, Mother Mary Oracle, Isis Oracle, Kun Yin Oracle, and the Sacred Rebel. Alana has created over 20 oracle decks, written 13 books, and her work has been translated into 11 languages. In this interview, Alana shares of her incredible wisdom in how you can understand the resistance you may experience at times on your spiritual path, so you know when to move through it and when it's time to just let something go. She also takes us on a wonderfully healing, guided meditation. So let's head over to this interview now, where you'll meet the amazing Alana Fairchild. Hi, Alana. Thank you so much for being with us here today. I mean, I, I, I truly, really love, love, love speaking with you. And it's been such an honor to be able to meet again. Oh, thank you, Sissy. It's always beautiful to speak with you. This is our third time, I think. Yeah. It's just flown. Yeah, I know. I know. And I know the first time I connected with you, it was like a soul sister. Yes, so, I yeah. felt the same. Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's beautiful. So our topic for today is resistance on the, <laughs> <laughs> on the spiritual path. <laughs> so what insights have you got on this topic? I just, I think it's an interesting place to start. And I know just before when we were kind of warming up and just having a little bit of a preliminary chat, we talked about sometimes people in our community might be on the spiritual path and they have this experience of feeling a little bit like I don't want to go there. And it's interesting because sometimes there's intuition that tells you something's not for you and you kind of feel it. And maybe you're even interested to investigate, but you just feel like I, I need to move past this. It's, it's not quite right for me. Um, and then other times there's a feeling that something's kind of, there's a bit of a pushback, but if you listen more deeply, if you drop into the awareness of the body and the soul, sometimes you know that it's exactly that thing that you, you need to move into and you don't necessarily know why. So it's sort of that differentiation that I think is one of the hallmarks of that conscious soul energy that we have where we're able to sit with something and say, is this just that I don't want to do it? <laughs> in which case there might be something that's quite nourishing in there for me. It might be an element of the shadow or something that is needing to come forth. Or is this a sense of this is actually just not quite right for me? And they're quite different in quality. And I think mm. sometimes when something's not quite right there's actually a neutrality with it it's almost it's almost quite different to resistance actually we might think of it as that in the first place but it's really not there's a neutrality there's a sense of yeah this just it's not resonating um I might be curious about it but in the deep in my bones if I only had one day left on earth and I had to make a choice of the thing that feels like it sings to me and and sings through me this wouldn't be it and so you you kind of sense it but that deeper resistance, that's the good stuff, really. Yeah, it's, yeah. That's the good stuff. There's always something interesting on the other side of that. Yes, absolutely. It's like uh, you know you're going to, well, you intuitively know that you're about to go into a birth canal <laughs> and you're like, oh, <laughs> it's, yeah. I know what's coming. I know what's coming. But at the yeah. same time, if you trust that. Now, there's another part of that resistance, I feel as well. And it's because there can be quite many facets. One is absolutely when you know it's not right for you. So it's like, it's kind of, it hasn't got that spark. Another one can be that, you know, you're meant to let something go. It's like, 
John Holland described it as when you're flogging a dead horse. I know it's a horrible expression, but it's like there's no energy left. But it's like you've been so used to doing this in your life. It's been such a big part of your life, perhaps. And now it's like no energy left in it. But the other one can also be what I experienced in Sweden. I think we touched upon that last time when my mind was so focused on that we were meant to make it work there because I had been living outside of Sweden for like 20 years and it was my soul's yearning to go back. And my mind is very powerful. So it went to action and it did all this goal setting and it just (laughs) created this stuff. I mean, we had a magazine published, we had a clinic, I was running courses. And every person I interviewed, nearly every person, like Marianne Williamson, Neil Donna Walsh, Tosha Silver was like, how do you know the difference between when it's a challenge and you're meant to rise through the challenge and when it's just not meant for you? And that was a real conundrum for me because Mm. I wasn't listening (laughs) because it wasn't meant for us. We were meant to move back to England and I just didn't want to hear it. And I think that's sometimes quite common too. Do you think that you would have been able to hear it at that time? I, no. You know, some, yeah, <laughs> sometimes I think we, it's like the soul has organs similar to our physical body, like not exactly the same, but the gist of it, like ears and ability to see. And, you know, we develop those uh, organs at early on, you know, in our lives. And then as we kind of come out of the womb and we enter the world and, and we sort of, we have those available, but they have to go through a process. They're not just suddenly there. They have to be developed. And with the soul, it's kind of similar. So I wonder sometimes if it's just we bumble along. I do a lot of bumbling on my my soul path because it's sometimes like you don't have the ease yet to fully hear it. Sometimes you do and you know you're ignoring it and you know you're (laughs) you just you're not on the path. You kind of know that you're doing it. But sometimes I think you just can't know yet. Like I'm in a period at the moment where I feel like the soul, and this happens to me at different times, it's happened before, but the soul energy moves. It's so subtle, but it's so palpable. It just moves in a different direction. And it it makes no sense logically at the time. I, I couldn't give you any physical indicators as to why I should change uh, direction, for example, or take a different approach to something. But I just feel like that's where the energy is going. And I have no idea what's going to happen or whether, you know, in a year or two from now, I'm going to look back and go, oh, yeah, that was pretty wise. Or I'm going to look back and go, that was a bit silly. Like, what was that? that? I, I really don't know. But all I do know is that I can't imagine feeling in alignment with myself and behaving in any other way I have to go with where this energy is moving and Mm. I was thinking about that and why it is sometimes that with the really dramatic shifts it can feel so out of sync with what's happening in my physical life it's like my internal life my interiority is just moving so far ahead of what's already manifested and I thought Mm. well you know that's unavoidable when you live at a soul level because your soul is always going to be moving ahead of where your consciousness, your conscious awareness is at. And I think that's why we need faith and trust and the willingness to bumble because you can't see it clearly. You can only kind of have this sense that it sort of feels right. And if you're being true to yourself, this is what you need to do regardless of the outcome. 
Because I think yeah. sometimes too, it's not even about whether or not we did a good job. The outcome might be about what's happening on the planet and in the collective and we have no control over that. We can only contribute as much as we can. And then, you know, it's my sense with spirit that it's always very responsive and it changes a lot. Can drive the people around me insane because because <laughs> I'm flipping like a, but it's just, I, I feel the nuances of it and it's always responsive. Yeah, absolutely. And it's allowing that path to unfold. I think for me in, in Sweden, and I think this, is, this happens to quite many of us, I had had those faculties developed before. And then as I wasn't listening, as my mind just went into, no, I'm going to fix this, I'm going to make it work, all my intuitive faculties, they just disappeared. So I saw nothing. I heard nothing. I got no guidance. And I've always relied on that guidance. And it wasn't until I finally finally went down on my knees and I just surrendered. I'm like, okay, I give up, <laughs> you know, just your will, not mine. And then it came immediately. You have to move back. And it taught me such a strong lesson that, you know, I can't force my will upon the divine will because I had thank initially God. surrendered. <sighs> oh, thank God. <laughs> Absolutely. Imagine but if also we could disaster. Yeah. <laughs> but I also think because I had surrendered. So, because, because until you surrender, you, I feel in a way, you kind of, you still yes. can't have that creative power. But once you truly surrender to your path, then your struggling will just create so much pain for you and suffering. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. You just can't bring yourself to do it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It is funny because I was thinking the other day about a question that seems to come up a lot for people about their path and in particular their purpose. And I was mm. thinking, you know, why is this difficult? Like, why is this difficult for us? Because I went through a period of time when I was at school as a young woman and people would, you know, say, oh, what are you going to be when you grow up and um, what are you going to do for work? And I never knew. I was so lost and I, I just found it very difficult to know what I was going to do with my life. There was just an absence of clarity around. I mean, now there's so much freaking clarity. It's everywhere and <laughs> there's a lot of deep purpose, but I'm always surprised to have that. And I was sort of thinking like, how did that happen? Like, and what is it that makes it so difficult for, for so many of us beautiful humans to find that sense of deep purpose and clarity and sorts of, you know, resources out there and it doesn't seem to make it much better. And I, I realised it's the feminine function. It's the feeling function. It's the, the body speak, the soul resonance. It, that's where the, you might call it the resonator or the, um, that intuitive instrument resides that actually helps us be able to not just hear the music, but feel it, actually feel it, be moved by it. And, you know, the, the music, our path, our authentic vibrational journey, the, the material emanations of that when something in the material world really resonates with that same frequency and it's just like oh my gosh I have to do that and I don't even know why it's like I have to read that thing or listen to that person or whatever and it's a vibrational match and but if we're not in touch with the resonator something could be going crazy with like the universe you know your angels going do you hear <laughs> hi <laughs> you know pointing signs and whatever but we we don't connect. And there is this sense with that deep feeling function that the more in touch with that I was, the stronger my sense of the path became. Not that I suddenly knew how everything was going to work out. It's kind of the opposite, actually. But 
I could feel it much more strongly and much more clearly. And and as you say, it, be, it became quite painful. To, uh, like now I just I can't even think about trying to, to go against that. It's just... <laughs> Even when it asks me to do things I don't want to do, which it often does, I um, <laughs> I just think, oh well, here's another growth edge, and yeah. you know, and, and on I go. Yeah, it feels it's like what you're describing is so. With me, it was my head resisting back in Sweden, and then as it surrendered, this feminine wisdom can start to guide to allow that path to unfold it's like that vibrational frequency you just don't know why you're going there but you just know you have to move it and again i see it as a birth it's like something is emerging through you and out and you don't know what that is as it's emerging you just have to follow it and allow it to take you on this journey and after a while you look back and you go oh my god (laughs) yeah i can see the perfection in it but at the moment when you're in it, <laughs> often you haven't got a clue. And you just know that there's like, at least for me, because I was resisting it for so long when we were there, I now know the consequences of not following that. And yes. it's like, because when I wasn't following it, I wasn't just creating suffering for myself. I was actually creating suffering also for my family because I was going against what I feel was the divine plan. Does that make sense? It does. I mean, we only have to look at just generally mainstream society and to see what happens when you you don't align with that. You know, Mm. the anxiety, depression, loneliness, a sense of disconnection, a feeling that you have to stuff a whole bunch of things, you know, status symbols or gadgets or whatever in order to try and obtain some sense of self or meaning or purpose, you know, because the, the deeper stuff isn't there. And, and it's not, you know, sometimes I think we can kind of society bash and just go, oh, I'm on society, it's the worst. It, you know, there's so many potentially wonderful elements of it, even of technology. So it's not that. It's, it's more just recognising where's the deficit. You know, when you lean into one polarity and you know the thinking technology maybe more masculine um progressive side you just it's like using a muscle all the time in your leg like if you're using your quadricep all the time because of the type of exercise you do then unless you specifically try to strengthen the opposing like the hamstrings they might get weakened or not function as well so it's just more i think recognizing where is the deficiency in the culture and how do i begin to work with that and most people on the spiritual path who are even interested in these kinds of conversations or the element of the soul or creativity they're already going to be working in that um kind of in uh, socially disowned function or or deficient function they're probably going to be quite strong in it or have to become quite strong in it in order to develop their healing channel develop their art or um, find their meaning and their purpose but i think for me that journey was something that I didn't really understand uh, what it was like when it started happening. It actually began with everything in my life really falling apart. And it, mm. it was, you know, I say sometimes it's like things falling apart so they can come back together in a new way. And, but I didn't know that at the time. And I think, you know, when we look at what's happening on the planet, especially over the last few years collectively, with so much upheaval and uncertainty and so many systems breaking down and 
such a sense of being almost uprooted from the way life was and whatever we defined normalcy or normality to be and being almost, you know, spiritually strong-armed or politically strong-armed into circumstances not of our conscious choosing for a lot of people and needing to find a way not only to cope with that, but now, you know, the wave is kind of moving and, and we're in a situation where a lot of us are beginning to think, well, what do we want the new normal to be? You know, if we don't want to go back to how things are, what's, what's the evolution? What could that be like? Now, how do I not get just pulled back into what was before? Yeah. You know, how can this mean something? And the only way that can happen is with that deep feminine surrender feeling function. But it's not surrender to just whatever the hell's going on around us. It's, <laughs> it's surrender into that, that deep wisdom and the only way we can really feel it and recognize it uh, is to be able to attune to it and and that means this like terrifying and wonderful and life-changing and befuddling mysterious journey of bringing our own body to consciousness you know being Mm. able to say you know what's stored in my what's happening in my muscles what's stored in my digestive system what happens when I think of my dreams if I'm lucky enough to remember any element of the dream and I give myself the time to journal even if it's just 20 minutes in the morning when I wake up but what is it that my body the dreams through the unconscious through the body like what's trying to be communicated here what is this deeper message and I think also understanding that the feminine is a feeling message you know she never really tends to come up and say do x y and z and then this and that and that will happen she never seems to happen I know many people that wish she would. <laughs> One of my students said to me once, if, if spirit just gave me a map, I'd be happy to follow it. And I'm like, no, you are the map. Like, <laughs> but you are the map. You don't need an external. But it's, it's a different way. And it's mm, almost like, you know, I think about going through the labyrinths and you kind of bump up against the wall and you can't see and you, you're just, you're feeling your, your way. But if you trust your process and slow down often, <laughs> Uh, you'll find that you sense it and the way becomes clearer. It's yeah. tricky, don't you yeah. think, sometimes? Yeah. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And it's like that that sensing is like that inner compass from it. It's like a, it's, it's a guidance. But it's, as you say, it's not. Sometimes you, you, I will get messages, you need to do this and this, but never what it will lead to. <laughs> it's, I never know the results yeah. of it. So coming back to you, because you've had such an interesting journey with this because you initially started your more adult life in in what would be you know seen as a very good foundation for success yeah Yeah. and then that was just stripped away from you and then now you are you know you're a beacon on a world stage of following that feminine wisdom which is just extraordinary so for those listeners who haven't heard that that journey, would you mind sharing that, please? Yeah, um, of course. I mean, thank you. You make it sound wonderful. It, <laughs> <laughs> well, it a lot is more now, ordinary. When you look back, <laughs> well, it, it it is actually quite extraordinary because I I see it's like you know your 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 brain, if I may say that, thank your you. brain and your that. your kind of upbringing and, and kind of where you were heading is very much part of that success story of the old world 
And then yes. you've allowed that to be dismantled or rather yeah. the goddess took you and just shook it away <laughs> <laughs> and you listen and then you followed her guidance. And now, you know, if you were to say to your younger self, this is what you're going to be when you grow up, you know, oh my God. <laughs> there would not She'd be a business be like, card for it or a university <laughs> course for it. It's like, it's, it's so unique expression of that feminine creativity wisdom and guidance thank you Sissy. that's really lovely um yeah i would have loved to have known but nothing would have happened that needed to happen in order for me to be able to do what i do that's the rub isn't it it's sort yeah. of i think the mystery is never mean-spirited it's always kind but it doesn't necessarily feel like that at the time <laughs> but we can trust it if you know if we don't know something but we we sense we need to take a journey. I honestly truly believe there's always some kind of goodness and some kind of blessing. We might have to do a bit of work to unravel it and get to it, but it is there. And I just fundamentally believe that. But I think for me, you know, I, I went through schooling and I, I kind of loved it and hated it at the same time. I'm, I'm an introvert. I'm a bit of a rebel. I didn't like the whole idea of curriculum, but I loved learning. But I was always getting into trouble uh, for breaking rules and, you know, <laughs> uniform infringements <laughs> even one time I was uh, telling someone recently about an exam in law school so I did a law degree and just hated it but felt like I didn't know what else to do um, mm. and you know there was one point like there were a lot of signs but I think like you with Sweden I, I just I couldn't get it. it looking back it was kind of obvious but I couldn't get it at the time and I think that's the thing sometimes our ears our soul ears need to grow or our soul eyes our our sense of being able to understand when something's really meaningful as opposed to just like dismissing things. So there was one instance where I was in a litigation exam and I'd done my cross-examination and I was, you know, finished and then I thought this is quite boring. So I just, you know, who does this? I pulled out a, a book on chakras and aromatherapy and I sat there <laughs> in the exam reading and occasionally I go, objection, blah, 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 and then I go back to my house. It's such an arrogant little... And um, and the teacher was furious, as he rightfully should be, you know, afterwards. And he said, what are you doing? Like, so disrespectful. And I was really upset, but he was right. And I thought, you know, that's a bit of a sign that that's, that's not a great, <laughs> you know, it's like my own unconscious behaviour was telling me this is not right for you. And law, <laughs> whilst undoubtedly it's right for many people, for me, it made me miserable. It was too intellectual. I found it dry. I was kind of good at parts of it. So that sort of kept me going for a while. Um, my mind liked elements of it, but it didn't connect with my heart. I, um, I tried environmental law uh, to see if that was more heart connected, but it just, you know, I need to have some kind of art, some kind of artistry, deep creativity and unconventionality to feel like I'm just being myself. And mm. it took me a little while to figure that out. But essentially the Divine Mother coming in was just depression. I was miserable, anxious and stressed. And I, I just felt, I remember I had one moment where I imagined my future and I just felt bleak. There was no joy. There was no aliveness. There was nothing really to look forward to. And I just thought, I'm not doing this. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know what the alternative is, but I'm not doing this. And it was around that time that a girlfriend said to me, go and see this psychic, you know, reader and I was like, oh, no, I'm too busy. I was editing the law journal at the time and finishing my degree and I just had no life and I was 
just starting. And she said, she just kept harassing me until I gave in <laughs> and said, I'll go. And so I went to meet this woman. She became my first spiritual teacher, actually. Yeah. I studied with her for a couple of years and oh, I just thought she was wonderful. She would, you know, swan about in diaphanous robes and talk about <laughs> tarot cards and the soul. And, you know, she'd mentioned the word esoteric and all of my, you know, fibers of my being just went, what's that? Yeah. <laughs> what's that? And I just felt like I knew, I just knew. And yeah. that began a, a very different path. It was still filled with lots of, you know, I call them my inelegant stumbles. I still didn't really know what I was doing, but I was very determined. And I felt that this path was true somehow. I didn't yeah. know what it was going to look like, but I felt it was true. And it still feels true to me. It's just morphed into many different kind of expressions and lots of different things. And I can feel a new, even new projects now opening up that are just like, wow, but, but it's all part of the one path. Mm. I love what you say about when you then could feel all the tingling coming in. It's like you, it's like oh. you've been, I know the first time I had that experience, I was 24, also been in a massive depression, life felt wow. so bleak. And then I know I shared this with you before I had this dream where I saw myself hanging dead from the ceiling in my room. I lived in London at the time, knew no one, wow. just broken up with my boyfriend. We just came back from Goa. So I've been traveling around Asia for like over five years <laughs> and came back to Europe. And in that dream, as I saw myself hanging dead, it's obviously the hangman, you know, everything yes. had to go. I prayed. And then the next day I found myself in, in Stockholm outside an esoteric bookshop I'd never seen before. And I went inside and these three books just appeared. And it was uh, Love is the Answer, Creative Visualization and The Power is Within You. I mean, these are the three classics. This is back in 92. And as I started reading, it was exactly that sensation. It was like everything on me was on fire. I felt I was being bathed in this, in this light. And it's like <laughs> you've been so thirsty for so long. And suddenly it's like a fish on dry land. And suddenly you go, I'm in my element. I'm in my oh. water. And you just feel like, oh, wow. So even though you don't know where you're heading on the journey, you just feel like, oh, this is home. <laughs> this is home. Yeah. I love that. I love how you described that two ways being in your element and mm. and being nourished when you've been thirsty for so long I think a lot of people could relate to that and it it does really feel like I mean it's the divine mother too I mean a lot of goddesses are depicted they're bare-breasted or, or not completely covered and it's symbolic in, especially in eastern traditions um, I'm talking about now in Tibetan and Nepalese and um, Indian art um, sacred art and it's about being nourished it's like the breast is available the divine mother like to suckle her child it's that sometimes mm. I say to people imagine like your crown is like a mouth <laughs> and you're, 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 the divine mother imagine that nectar just, just like oh thank god you know <laughs> yes I think that's so beautiful being in your element in the the element of the soul and the realm of the soul ah oh. Once you experience it, it's just like all the rest of it. So how did I cope? How did exactly. I cope as long as I did? Like you just can't imagine it. But it, there is a price for it though. Like I remember after I, I first started kind of doing this work full time, I there were two things that happened. One, I lived in this beautiful apartment complex. I'd moved in there with my boyfriend and he was going off to his regular job. Um, and I had started working for myself full time. I quit the corporate job that I was in, which was like a management consultancy firm. Um, and I 
I just, I think I might've told you this last time we talked, but there was a moment where I just, I hated going to work every day. And I thought if I try to cross the office door, like threshold this one day, I think I'm just going to start screaming and never stop. And I thought, mm, I think that means I need to resign. This is <laughs> So I just quit. It's a bit like that unconscious mind part of you reading about the chakras in the middle of the exam. It totally it's kind is. of the same thing. Yeah, the it rebels. totally is, <laughs> yes. All my most brilliant stuff is nothing to do with me at all. It just kind of <laughs> surges up from the unconscious and I'm fortunate enough to kind of catch it like a fish and go, oh, that's, yeah. you know, <laughs> yeah. that's good. Yeah, but I just, I, um, I quit. But so I was at home a lot of the time and I had this um, beautiful apartment and it had like a, a gym and a sauna and a spa and all of these things. And I had these fantasies about, oh, I'll go down and use the, the gym every day and the sauna and it'll be so nice. And I didn't do any of it. And it was because I was so shackled with fear that I mm. inherited um, from society, from upbringing, from ancestral lineages, you know, lots of legitimate reasons why it was there. But there was so much in me, the thought of being, you know, my mind could imagine being so surrendered to spirit, but oh my goodness, it took me years to even mm. begin to break through the fear to be able to relax. And then years after that, to be able to trust when things would kind of move in unpredictable ways and to become comfortable with it. It was sort of, you know, the price I think of the soul world is the willingness and the persistence and the patience to go through the journey of learning how it operates because it's not anything like mainstream culture. In fact, no. it's kind of, it's almost like the opposite, like a Seinfeld opposite, um, opposite George the Seinfeld episode where George, <laughs> George Costanza just spends a day doing the opposite of what he would normally do in his life, starts working out really, really well. Like <laughs> All this good stuff happens and then he, he doesn't know what to do with it because it's so amazing and so he stops and goes back to being negative George and feels more relieved because it's, <laughs> it's horrible but it's familiar. It's like you've got, <laughs> that's kind of like a failed attempt to enter the soul realm. Yeah, but that's beautiful what you're sharing here because it's, I do think it's that I had it <laughs> when you first kind of come to that, you know, nourishment, the sea, you're in your element and you go, wow, hallelujah. This is like a hallelujah moment. And, and then as I started my healing journey, I thought, you know, and I healed really quickly initially. I healed my depression in, I think it was six weeks and my bulimia wow. in about four months. And I thought wow. I was done. You know, I was still 25 and thinking, oh, I'm sorted now, <laughs> you know, I'm done. This is good. <laughs> yeah, so, no. And then you, after a while, realized that, no, <laughs> you're taken deeper and deeper and deeper. And I feel that the more I showed up for my soul's path, the more of also those deeper layers of fear came up through me, my yeah. own my ancestors and also the collective and it's like as I then kept showing up for that and it's not easy <laughs> and you kept showing up for that then yes it's hard but also what you are tapping into is such an incredible medicine wisdom and a kind of a a deeper knowing that it's not from the mind it's just you can't even explain it you have to experience it that then continue to lead me on my path. So I think the journey goes hand in hand often with that, to the willingness yeah. to, as we started our conversation, to move past that resistance when something is coming knocking on your door going, hello, <laughs> you're meant to journey in again. You're meant to allow this to come up 
for you to witness it and transform it and transmute it through you. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. And I I think too, it's, I'm it's, it's there for everyone. That's the thing. We, we mm. all have this innate, the innate path. We are the path. It's not something that we walk on. It's something that we are. And, you know, I love that this. you say that. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. 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 I mean, that's what the birthing is. Like, what, yeah. what are we birthing? My God, it's, that, it's your soul. It's not a surprise. Like, <laughs> you won't know. Like, it'll be a surprise in a way because it's simultaneously completely not what you expected and the same time more you feeling like your true self than ever before so there's a kind of combination of deep familiarity and total newness (laughs) all at once um but that that essence of the path it is in all of us and Mm -hmm. I know for me like if I have resistance coming up about something these days I just I just notice it and I sit with it and I just go oh there's some resistance and I I just sort of I'm gentle with it I find for me that works better I don't respond well to being strong-armed by anyone or anything like give me a direct telemarketer salesperson and all of my like psychic <laughs> you know I'm like where's my compassion like I just have to, to find I don't I don't do well but if, if but if there's gentleness like and and I just notice it but honesty and, and I just say oh there's resistance um is what can I feel about that is is there something with that that it would be useful for me to acknowledge and and that's enough usually for me to just notice it and when I'm ready I move through it. And, and I think, you know, sometimes even trusting our own timing and trusting in our resistance and not demonizing it, not making mm. it, oh my God, I'm resisting and I have to <laughs> push through. We have, you know, boundaries and resistances for a reason, but it's just, you know, can we become aware of it and work with it? Because I, I think it's not just me that doesn't like to be strong armed. I think the soul kind of needs to have that dignity and that love from us and that respect where we recognize it's organic it doesn't need to Mm. be pushed and prodded it's like the equivalent of going to the garden and seeing a blade of grass and thinking I wish it was longer and trying to pull it make it longer like those Mm. (laughs) those dolls where you used to pull their hair to make it grow you know like (laughs) it's it's not a thing (laughs) soul doesn't like that but if we just look at it and and kind of think how, how can I water it how can I nourish it how can I give some space for awareness? Exactly. And then it, it just grows like a beautiful yeah. sacred plant. Yeah. It's allowing the space. Uh, it's very to, important. To, <clears throat> yeah, it's very important, the space. Yeah. And I feel that obviously everything that's going on in the world is bringing so much stuff up. And if we're too busy to give it space, then then they will just <laughs> get harder. But I feel it's the same with the body. So... I know my heart attack certainly brought me on a very deep journey of listening, creating space for my body, really tuning in what is it here that is that is wanting to be witnessed and, yes. and acknowledged and healed. And it was nothing what I thought it would be. It was so much deeper than that. And the same now with COVID. So as I had COVID quite badly and not getting better after like four days or at least a week, it's like it just kept dragging on and dragging on. And it's done again, creating space for the body. Okay, what, what are the deeper, what is it? You know, what am I meant to hear here? What, how, can I, how can I love you more? How can I yeah. be here with you? Not tell you that you, which my mind initially did, come on, I need to get well. But then to just go, as a, as a mother to a child, you know, what do you need from me? Yes, yeah. yeah. And sometimes even like a student with a teacher, what do you do? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> That's, that's when it what flips and you smart. go, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I get it, I get it. 
I didn't yeah. know. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. I love that. It's, um, I remember I interviewed Helena Montelius, um, and she has got HIV and she was in the spiritual community and it's like, you know, people, all the positive thinking and it's like, you know, then you don't get ill and then she got <laughs> HIV and, and she's teaching fabulous stuff, uh, to others who are suffering with illnesses. And she says, my, you know, my, my illness is my guru. My body is my guru. And I, I love that. Yeah. It's my teacher. Yeah. That's beautiful. And mm. it's so humbling. Got to be really yes. careful with that. Um, I call it weaponizing spiritual practices when you, yeah. you, or spiritual teachings, when you start to use them to actually harm yourself or others, mm. you don't intend to, but it, yeah. Or um, if we're not being so kind, maybe spiritual psychopaths. But <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it is gonna... it is the ego hijacking the spiritual journey thinking if i just think right then i never get ill if i well, just it, yeah. think right then nothing bad will ever happen and then it's that because i experienced that with a heart attack so there were some that then put it was that blame coming so how you know you must have thought badly or you must have done x y and Z in order for you to have this and and i always felt it was no it's a it's an initiation. Yes, I've, something I think this is this is so interesting because that's sort of the it, it's a stage. It's an important stage. Every stage is important, and then you learn things in the next stage that mm. you realize you didn't know in the stage before, and then you keep growing. It's sort of like a circle that keeps expanding. So you know that point of view is a stage on the path. But there, I think if it's getting to the place where you find it difficult to connect with empathy, where you feel like your response to people's pain has to be rather than just being in it and in mm. the unknowingness of it and in the wondering about what that could be for them. And you might not ever know, even that person might have a different view of what that was about 10 years or 15 years later, who knows, but there's mm. like, that's the mystery. And I think yeah. if we can accept that, you know, that's a huge part of the soul gift. I mean, I think sometimes it, people do, I've heard of stories of this where people have had cancer and they have a similar kind or deep grief and someone hasn't been through it. They don't know how to meet the person in the mm. space where they're at. So the response can sort of almost be, it's sort of almost, it's well-intentioned, but it can come across as being either arrogant or dismissive or even critical and blaming. And, and it, there's nothing wrong with, you know, wanting to work with the mind in a constructive way that is beneficial, but if you use it, again, if you weaponize it, so if you use it to cut off your, your body's messages or to cut off from the just the absolute humbling reality that we all age, we all have to contend with the vulnerabilities of the physical body. Some have more um, learning or challenges in that than others, but we all, to some degree, have that pretty similar journey. Like, you know, mm. no one's getting out of here alive. So we all, <laughs> we all have to. Exactly. Yeah, accept it. And it, I think that the humbling that comes with that is actually freeing. It's, it's not trying to put us down or to say that spirituality isn't powerful. Of course it is. But if we don't balance that feminine presence and experience of the body with the masculine kind of more transcendent awareness which can be very helpful in the right way then mm. we end up in a bit of a muddle mm. so I, I think for me my kind of magic marker is always does this teaching applied in this way increase compassion and wisdom and if it does then I'm like okay this is good and if it's if I think oh my god I'm sounding you know this doesn't sound good yeah. <laughs> this doesn't feel good I'm like no nah, I, I haven't got this like this needs yeah. to evolve in some way I need to have a, 
a deeper understanding. Uh, you've got to let it cook for a bit longer. It just might not be cooked yet. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, you might not be cooked yet either. It's like, I know yeah. I started initially to heal the mind and became, you know, pretty um, adept at that, that it's a very masculine energy, you know, but mm -hmm. I needed that. And then yes. when my, my husband's father died very early on in our marriage, we had just been married a, a few months and, and, you know, I knew I couldn't quite be there for him, but I didn't really fully know how I wasn't there for him until my father died. And I remember I just, I just said to my husband, I am so sorry. Oh. I had no idea. And, and, it, and it is that, you know, you, you just didn't know because you yeah. never experienced it. Your heart hadn't broken open in that way before. You'd never experienced that sort of grief before, so you can't relate to it. And yeah. it was an incredibly humbling experience. And yeah. the next time you lose someone, it is a completely different experience to the previous one. So I thought, okay, so that's what grief is like. And then you lose the next person close to you, you go, oh my God, this is a completely different journey. And it, it, it brings you to your knees and it liberates you at the same time. Yeah. Because it liberates your heart. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I love meeting people that when you don't expect it and for whatever reason, maybe they move in certain circles or whatever, and then you have that conversation with them and you realise that that person is actually incredibly deep and they're living in maybe a particular um, role in their lives or with people around them, you don't expect it. And then you have that conversation and they always end up saying something to me along the lines of, I haven't told anyone this, but this happened or that happened or I, um, I had this or I lost a person who was close to me or someone committed suicide. There was some like really mm -hmm. deep, painful mm -hmm. experience and it it broke them. And But yeah. it, it doesn't break like as in, ruin it, it breaks as in breaks open so yeah. they're able to have to access depth and it's such yeah. a lovely like you never would wish that someone would go through pain but when you see someone who's gone through it and has become a more capable rich open soul as a result it's just this it's like the secret handshake you know they, I don't know if this is true but talk about masonic secret handshake I just want to know what it is yeah. today anyway <laughs> It's like the it's like the soul the soul nod to each other. You're like, oh yeah, I get it. You you can meet me in that space. I could bring things to you that others wouldn't know what to do with, or would or give me the you know the politically correct answer or whatever. But it's it's so beautiful and um, yeah, and a gift to be able to meet someone like that and to honor them and just and it's all unspoken mostly. Yeah, you know, you don't yeah. say to them, oh, you have a. <laughs> you have a rich thought like you you just yeah it's just that depth yeah yeah I had that insight suddenly that like when my mom passed that grief was like a midwife so as mom gave birth to me her passing also gave birth to a new me with grief as a midwife it was just a very long birth because it took me quite a long time to to move through that journey because I was meant to stay in it for a long time. It wasn't I was resisting it. It was just a very, very deep journey. But grief really was a midwife. That's stunning. What a stunning way to look at it. And also I was thinking too when you were saying that, like also you being a midwife, I don't know if you were present there, but even your 
you know, there's those beautiful I was tradition. there when she, when she passed away, yeah, absolutely. Yes, yeah, I was I midwifing her back and she was midwifing yes. me and grief was there midwifing. I yes. was, it was, it was uh, as painful as it was, because uh, it it's painful to witness someone die of cancer. It's a horrific way to go. It was also, we were held in sacred space. It was beautiful at the same time. We were really held by grace the whole beautiful way through. It was extraordinary. Mm-hmm. So although these things were happening at the physical level, at a soul level, I was, it was magnificent, if that's yes, right. Can, it's it's the only way it. I can describe it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was very sacred. Yes. Yeah. That's beautiful. Mm. Um, and it's, and again, the mind, <laughs> you know, the mind could then go, you know, what did I do to create this, which is the insanity of the mind. And it's like, and the soul goes, no, because it felt as if it was actually divinely planned. Yes. It's like my mom had planned her passing because everything worked out so perfectly around the grandkids and all of that. It was, it was extraordinary, actually. And you, the mind can't grasp that. Well, but is... your body and your soul can. Yes, it's true. And, and I think that's the thing with grief, too. It's not a mental process. It, I mean, there's difficulty it's mentally. It's visceral, it's soulful, yeah. it's emotional. It does change your mind. Like it evolves yeah. the mind, but you can't move through it via the mind. That's why yeah. I think there's so much shock and grief feels surreal because the mind's just, it, it, it can't comprehend it in a way. It takes a while even to just process that, it, that death has happened and that someone's not there anymore in the way that yeah. they were previously. So, And it's not yes, just the death of a person, it's also the death of... A relationship the death of yes. um an old part of your life so many mm. people i feel these days are in grief because so much has changed but at the same time grief i do feel it's a midwife yes well if we allow it to yes i mean there's that beautiful teaching in the um in the ancient greek tradition and also i think in some american indian traditions that talk about the tears of the the mourners as being what actually creates the sacred waters for the spirit that's crossing over to actually travel along to make the transition. So it's sort of this sacred bond really between the grieving and the loss as we see it from our perspective, but also the ongoing journey for the soul um, that's, that's moving forwards. Or if we're talking about you know, a world that's being born. I mean, think of the the birthing process itself. You know, it's not a quiet, polite thing that's done like this usually. I don't, I don't know, maybe if you're 24 <laughs> and like genetically blessed and it's just like, oh, a... but mostly it's not, <laughs> not really like that. It's a whole visceral experience. It's um, it's deep, it's soul, it's, it's intense. And there's this energy with it that's sort of similar to that grief energy. It's kind of raw. And yeah. it's, you know, it's not polite, it's not contained, it's just, it's, it cuts through all of the mental um, clinging to different things. And I think that's why it's an initiation, you know, yeah. it drops you into a very real part of yourself. I love that you share that. I know I keep end up talking about birth a lot, having been a cranial osteopath a lot in the past, where we work with babies, especially in, in pregnancy. So if a, if a birth is too quick, it's actually not good for the baby. Mm. Uh, because it's too quick so all the pressure is there in a very intense time it needs 
it needs the time to move through that process. It needs also that time to get enough of the stress hormones in its lungs to mature the lungs. It's a process that is meant to take a bit of time. Fabulous. And yeah, because and I, I know a lot of moms, they would come in and go, yeah, I had a really good birth. It was really quick. And I go, maybe for you, mm. but this is really for the baby. And the baby's like, I'm so stressed. <laughs> like, oh, and it's, and it's, it's, it's so... It's trusting that it's okay that it takes time. I think the yeah. problem occurs if we're not talking about birth, it's when you are resisting either the birth process itself or resisting actually the delivery of the new life. Because that can happen too. When, you know, people go, no, I'm not going to give birth to myself. I'm just going to stay in here. I don't want to emerge. It feels safe in here. And life is pushing it. No, you're meant to emerge now. So what yes. would your advice be on that? Because there's two different types of resistance in that. One is journey in and journey out. <laughs> yes, it's interesting because I think, again, if someone's listening to this and they've started the journey in, I mean, you, otherwise you're not going to be going to sit there and think, what the hell are these two? Women talking about? <laughs> I will what? just sound crazy. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you might think that anyway, but hopefully, yeah. <laughs> hopefully go, oh yeah, that resonates that bit. Maybe yeah. that's a bit crazy, but yeah, yeah. That, that you have that sense of that inner world. It will be speaking a language more than likely that resonates with your own interiority because no matter how individualistic each soul path is and truly each one is there's still universals you know that mm. that resonate a deep language that connects all souls really so there's that and it, it's funny it it's sort of it's a bit of a process because it will call to you at different times and and that's I think for me I had to learn to love it and I, I had to learn to uh, accept that my own will and my own point of view was not really going to give me the things that I hoped that they would. So eventually I came to see those kind of calls to go within as opportunities that I began to relish because they're kind of fascinating. And, mm. and it, it's in those moments where we don't know, we don't know what's happening, we don't know why we're feeling the way we are, we're having weird dreams and we're trying to, you know, it's in the moments where we don't know and we're willing to show up and just sit with it that you get the glimpses of divinity. Like for me, that's where it, it happens. And it's so, I just had one today, this afternoon, I was writing something and I just, and I was like, oh, this is coming out. My head was sore because I literally felt like my brain was going, trying to pull the pieces together. And then I just looked at it and I just saw the divine feminine, how she'd woven through it. And I, I just said to if anyone saw me, I must look completely nuts, but I, who cares? I just said, you are so beautiful. I say that a lot to the divine because when you get those glimpses, it is just this pure grace and intelligence and beauty and yeah. it's just marvellous, like yeah. witnessing the most exquisite scene in nature. So I think if you learn to feel for it in some positive sense, to, to realise it might not always be what you would choose, especially if you're an extroverted, adventurous type that <laughs> likes to keep ploughing forwards. But if you can learn to believe that there'll be something that is beautiful in it, then I think that helps with the journey in. And then the journey out, as an introvert, I really do understand <laughs> the difficulty of that. I really do. But I think for me, if I make it conscious, I, th I think that's the main thing for any of us, actually. Even if you, it's like a loop, you're always going to come back to it. 
and I don't say that so we're cavalier and we think, oh, it does, you know, life's short and we haven't got that much, like, let's get on with it. You know, it takes 50 years to heal your childhood stuff. Then we've only got a certain amount of time. So <laughs> just don't faff around. Like, but, I love that. <laughs> but even so, you, you, you know, if you stuff it up, yeah. you're going to get another go on the spiral. Mm. So I think becoming conscious and just seeing where you had the option to step forward and you collapsed under the weight of, the past or under the weight of old habits or support systems and just notice it with kindness. You don't have to beat yourself up, but just say, Hey, you know, I, you know, I didn't cross the threshold there and, and there'll be another contract. And I think the more conscious we are. And again, as I said earlier with resistance, you know, what's that about for me? Is there something there I can learn? And we get to the point where we will become ready. It's that beautiful, you know, and um, I, when the risk of opening becomes less, painful I'm paraphrasing terribly less painful than the um, pain of remaining closed sorry the terrible paraphrasing but it's essentially (laughs) yeah yeah, we we get to the point where actually want to we want to take the step Mm. and like you said you said it with the cycles there's another contraction coming so you know if you surrender to the path you will be pushed out (laughs) because the goddess is there The, the feminine is there she's your midwife she's she's guiding the process and just yeah. like in a bath, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a divine presence guiding the process of birth and body. That's what's, you know, when I went through labor with my two girls, it was amazing to witness my body just knew what to do, you know, and my head literally had to just leave. And for, and you become this very intuitive animal moving with it. And it's, yeah, it's painful and it's all of that, but you know that something beautiful is emerging through it, that you don't know what it's going to be and it will go on its own journey and you'll have all sorts of amazing experiences and challenges with that journey and eventually it's ready to leave the nest and go out and fly out into the world because it doesn't belong to you what's being born through you either. Although it is an aspect of, of your own essence it's like it belongs to spirit and for me that's helped me that i recognize that what i'm birthing is you know in the hands of spirit so the more i just trust that the easier is the wrong word but it's the more graceful i move through you're more willing aren't you yeah yeah Yeah. Yeah, because you're more trusting it's Mm. like it goes the willingness and the trust build on each other because the more willing you are the more spirit can take over and the more you develop trust that yeah it is this force actually guiding it and you develop that strength of faith Mm. in that i love that and i love the idea that our souls don't it's not just about us because that's so true you know Mm. and i think the whole idea of interdependent um ecosystem consciousness that's not a new idea we you know there's enough exposure to various indigenous traditions nowadays for most modern people that there is an understanding that it's not humans versus nature or if people are carrying that's pretty outmoded there's an understanding that we are kind of part of the one living organism that is earth and and we're all connected in this deep way and and the soul is not separate from that so it's Mm. sort of even the birthing of yourself is is about the the birthing and the evolution and the healing of all beings you know we're not separate so it does kind of give (laughs) I don't know if that's reassuring or terrifying. Maybe a bit both. <laughs> it puts a bit of pressure on, but I find it reassuring because it's like mm. then it's not about you. It's just about 
allowing yeah. you to be a part of that web of life. I'm glad. Don't think we need any more fear added into, no. the, <laughs> into the world. So I don't really want to do that. But yeah, I'm glad. I, I yeah. think it's beautiful and yeah. and reassuring and a sense of naturalness with mm. it too. Yeah. 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 Otherwise it's a bit, I mean, it's going to happen anyway. Like that's the truth. Like at some point you'll realize, okay, it, you know, my soul has progressed into summer and I'm still rocking up in Ugg boots and a, <laughs> a multi-layered parker and you'll start to feel a bit ridiculous. And it's like, okay, I'm really living in something that happened before and <laughs> it's just time to ditch the layer and, yeah. Yeah. and embrace where I'm at now. So absolutely. Absolutely. So would you mind taking us through like a prayer and meditation that will help yeah. us with with this? Yes, I'd be happy to. Yeah. So why don't we start just by taking a moment to connect with the heart and the breath. Just feeling that awareness beginning to float on the breath. So as you breathe in that beautiful floating of your awareness, bringing it into your body. And as you breathe out, like that awareness can begin to drop down towards your heart. Breathing in and allowing that awareness to gently drop a little bit further as you exhale until your awareness is really sinking down towards your belly. Down towards your lower body where you make connection with the floor or the earth or the chair, whatever's beneath you. And then just following the breath again, inhaling and exhaling and allowing that awareness to begin to drop beneath the surfaces that support you and into the earth. And just being aware of the earth as a living, vital, energetic being. Sensing your connection is not just at the physical level, but it's also at this beautiful, subtle level of energy that rises up. As you drop down, that energy rises up and allow it to begin to enter into your body, moving up through the soles of the feet and along the legs towards the belly and up towards the heart. And then from that place, almost like you had the hands of your soul at your heart, open palms reaching up at the heart, almost like your making an offering and imagine that the eye in the heart can look up through the crown of your head and becoming aware of a beautiful light and that light represents the spiritual dimensions that resonate for you at this time that might be a particular enlightened being it might be a concept a color an idea the universe God, the Divine Mother, could be a divine being like an archangel or an enlightened master, a saint, 
whatever resonates for you truly in your heart at this moment. And if there's nothing in particular or specifically, you could also just connect with a sense of great peace, love, intelligence. It recognizes you, loves you, knows how to assist you and this generosity. So allowing this now to begin to flow, it's like a sacred waterfall of delicious spiritual nectar that's flowing in from this source of great love and divine intelligence flowing in through the crown of your head towards your heart. And those hands that have been open in offering, in humbleness, now receiving, just imagining that you can feel that connection to your heart to the beautiful flow of spirit. I'm just noticing the flow of the breath. And then when you're ready, imagining that that beautiful flow of nectar drops down deeper into your belly, where it circles and moves and spirals. And just have that sense of the wisdom in your belly that is spiraling and just noticing, is it spiraling in? Is it spiraling out? It might be doing both. Are there colors? Are there feelings? Allow it to be a sensory experience, a feeling in the body, a pushing, a pulling, perhaps a warmth or a subtleness. Maybe there is a color or an image or a feeling, just really allowing the deep belly to communicate with you, perhaps to give you an experience of spaciousness and being held as though the sacrum is a sacred vessel, a cradle, a beautiful receiving, a beautiful holding. allowing yourself to sense your own intuitive message, your own intuitive experience in this moment. And the element associated with the sacrum, the sacral chakra is water. We're just imagining whatever form of water resonates for you at this time. It might be flowing oceans or rivers. It might be calm, vast lakes that reflect the sky with crystal clarity. It might be sheets of ice, vast glaciers, tiny drops of rain nourishing the earth, just having a sense of what element of water is speaking to you, what form, what expression in this moment. And not having to interpret that, just receiving it, just being with it, just noticing it. Noticing how it feels to accept the truth of your current experience. And then just allowing your inner being, your soul from that 
part of your body, the sacrum, to gently rise up to the heart and begin to fill the heart. So the element, the heart is air, spaciousness. You can breathe, feeling the air flowing through your lungs and as though the heart is opening and aerated gently, like opening sacred vents. And you can allow old energies to gently evaporate and leave and creating some space for that freshness of the spiritual breath to flow and imagining now that whatever that divine energy that you connected with above your head is sending the sacred cleansing breath down through the crown of your head and out through your heart so it's flowing in all directions allowing the heart to release and feel cleansed let's just do that two more times breathing in Feeling that flow down through the crown of the head, the sacred breath. Out through the heart. And one more time now, feeling that flow, the sacred air, the sacred breath. Down through the crown of the head, flowing gently and purely and truly down into the center of the heart. allowing the heart to rest for a moment. And now finally, just taking one last moment where you're aware of the cleansed open heart. The rich vitalized sacrum and the vital living intelligent earth beneath you and allowing there to be a rhythm, a sense of connection between earth, hips, heart, feeling it, letting it steady you, knowing that that lightness of spirit will flow readily whenever you need it. And so your soul can be like that beautiful bird, physical and embodied, but with wings to be able to fly with that aeration that spirit provides. Just feeling that connection with yourself, a sense of trust. And if there's anything that has been troubling you, that you need to receive deeper messages or guidance about, just gently release that from your mind now as if allowing it to float up through the crown of your head. Imagine that the spiritual consciousness that you've connected with above your head can just inhale it. Just taking it in and at the right time in the right way on an exhalation will return the answer to you, the guidance that you need, just trusting that that is now in flow. I'm just taking a moment to become aware of the air on your skin and the warmth of your blood, of the weight of your body, and a sense of presence in the here and now.
maybe moving your body a little bit, coming back fully to the present moment. And when you're ready, just opening your eyes. Wow, that was beautiful. Oh, it's always so nice to share these little journeys. <laughs> yeah, that's, um, I'm really, really, um, I'm still in it. <laughs> oh, it's, it was beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. Thank you. Thank oh, it's my you. pleasure. It's, I, I love this because, you know, we met today and we just kept it open. Let's see what will flow today. We had no plan, yeah. no title of the thing. And as, as we met, we went, oh, okay, let's, let's do that. <laughs> and then just creating a space for grace to flow through. And oh, I'm really taken. Thank you. Thank oh, you. Thank you, Sissy. That's beautiful. Yeah, it's it's uh, funny. I think there can be a desire to work with that feminine space. In I even notice it in the business world now when I work with different people who like to work in this way, this more open way, and they often mm -hmm. say to me, oh, we miss this, you know. It's, you don't find many people that will do it in the business dimension, for example. Um, it's sort of more common in our field, you know, in yeah. the spiritual practice field. But there are people that, that want to experience it and recognise its value. Yeah, because it's, it's allowing that mystery to unfold. It's allowing that feminine to guide us and it's there. It's, it's, there. it's such a deep medicine in that. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. Is there anything else you would like to add today? I think the only other thing I would say is that it is a medicine and it is safe to trust in the goodness with it. And especially if things are feeling a bit chaotic or unpredictable, which to me I've now learned are the hallmarks of the divine feminine. <laughs> Um, she can be a bit of a rebel rouser, but it's always a sense that there's a goodness uh, and a generosity in any realignment that's happening. So remembering that can sometimes just melt some of the resistance, which oftentimes will be an expression of fear. Yeah, beautiful, beautiful. It's trusting that it's loving. Mm. Yeah, all the yeah. different forms. I think a lot of us have been program to fear especially the dark goddess it's like she's in the darkness and you know they would turn into being evil and scary and all of that like we talked about that before like with our norse goddess heal which means to heal to make whole but she became the ruler of hell and it's and as you then journey in and you recognize no she is loving she's compassionate so she will shake loose what doesn't belong yes. in you so she's terrifying for the ego but actually for your soul she is liberating you yeah, yeah. and she, they are compassionate those dark goddesses yeah. it's fascinating to me because the darker they are typically the more closely aligned they are with our suffering so the more mm. compassion they have because they understand you know it's <laughs> yeah it like the black madonna compassion. yes mm. yes exactly yes yeah yeah, I like all of them, but I, I, I feel it very much from her as well. So, yeah, yes. beautiful. Thank you. This has been 
Um, well, I'm speechless, really. It's been <laughs> which it's been awesome is the wrong word. It's been uh, sacred and funny yeah. <laughs> and hilarious <laughs> and inspiring and filled with spark and all of that that is the feminine. Yeah, I'm so all glad. the different facets. So thank you, thank you for, thank you for being so willing to show up on your path. Thank you for being so willing to undergo the transformation that you have had to go through in order to share this beautiful, it's like mana, it's like this, like the <laughs> breast milk <laughs> yeah. uh, with all of us. Cause that takes such a deep, deep commitment. Oh, thank you, Sissy. Thank you. We're all, um, we're all in that process, that ongoing transformation. But it's, I feel very blessed to to be able to connect with you and to have these conversations. What an amazing thing to be able to do! And just, you know, I can feel the energy of the people that will be listening or watching this. And I, I just genuinely hope, in the the depths of my heart, that somewhere through this conversation, there's been some sense of connection and honestly deep reassurance yeah 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 she's loving she's loving she's compassionate and she is it's like she always has our backs you know she's yeah. supporting us on this journey we're not doing it on our own we are part of that it's like a team i feel yes definitely team mama yes <laughs> oh, we've all got our, our you know our jerseys <laughs> love that i love that oh it's been it's been awesome it really has been amazing thank you so much for today thank you Susan. for more information about alana and her work visit alanafairchild.com there you'll also find information about her online trainings such as the Quan yin transmission training where you become initiated into the divine feminine the rosa mystica training where you experience mother mary's divine energy and the Saraswati healing, where you become a healing channel for the divine energies of the angels, ascended masters and goddesses. For more information about these online trainings, visit alanafairchild.com. Thank you so much for listening. Bye bye everyone. Bye bye.